body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside by Jacob Stinson and Cameron McLaren. It's episode 8 of season 10. How you guys doing this fine Wednesday evening? I'm doing pretty great, uh, for the most part. Um, it's not a great time to be a Blues fan right now. Uh, and last night, they just dropped a game to the Coyotes of all teams. Ooh. So, rough night, but, you know, happy to discuss some MSU hockey. MSU came off a big W this weekend, so oh, very, very yes. happy to discuss that in the pod, and not the Blues. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say the same. My stars are on a two-game win streak. Finally, like I, it was, it's been bad. The the overtime records, not having a regulation win until like I say four, like five days ago, was not fun. So, yeah, and then as Jacob said, MSU came off two massive dubs. So yeah, looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, we got a lot of MSU hockey to talk about and to preview, but a little bit of update for the Big Ten for you. Michigan sitting still high and dry at number one, 10 and two overall. They are ranked number one in the nation now. So that is a development. Ohio State, number two in the Big Ten. They've got 12 points in overall record of seven and three. So a little bit of a surprise there. They're doing good. Minnesota trailing or Ohio State is ranked 17th as well. Forgot to add that. Minnesota trailing Ohio State in the Big Ten race. They are third at 7-6-1 overall, ranked number seven in the nation. Notre Dame, fourth in the Big Ten with an 8-3 and three record. They sit at number 14th in the nation, followed by Wisconsin, who's fifth in the Big Ten. Michigan State is sixth at 6-5-1 six, and one overall. And then Penn State rounds out the Big Ten at 6-5. and five. So there's the updated standing in the Big Ten for you guys. Some games to know. Wow, I got to catch my breath here. I'm talking a little bit too fast. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Some games to know for you guys. Uh, Minnesota and Ohio State did split over the weekend. The first game was 4-3 to three in favor of Ohio State. Then Minnesota took the second contest 2-0. Michigan looked dominant over Penn State, winning 5-1 to one and 6-2. to two. So that is a 11-3 scoreline over two games. Not looking good for Penn State there. Number 14, Notre Dame sweeps Wisconsin, 5-1 and 3-0. So... Another dominant scoreline there. And Michigan State sweeping Ferris State. First game 2-0 at Mun Ice Arena. And coming back from 3-0 down early in the game at Ferris's barn to win 4-3. Wow. wow. We'll, we'll get to that game after we recap the first game. But a great weekend for the Spartans, to say the least. We'll just jump right into it. Game 1, it was a 2-0 win. It was kind of low event, back and forth game until Mitch Lewandowski, who returned after missing five games, finally opened up the scoring with six minutes, 22 seconds remaining in the third period. And then when Florida, or Florida State, Jesus, Ferris State pulled their goalie, Aiden Gallagher scores a 180-foot dagger that I stole from Cam, thank you very much, to get his first in the green and white and win the game overall 2-0. Shots were 26-22 in favor of Ferris State. DeRitter with his first shot of the season, something he did a decent amount last season, and he's sitting at a comfortable 2.1 goals allowed per game, 93.8 save percentage, so he's looking comfortable as always in net. Both power plays did go blank, MSU 0 for 1, Ferris 0 for 2, so not really much to talk about. And uh, gentlemen, what do you guys have on this game? I've been rambling for too long, just take it away for as long as you want. Yeah, I mean, that first game, it started off really weird. Uh, It was a lot of weirdly long stretch passes but like neither team was able to actually put the puck on the net. Uh, I have it written down here. 
I remember specifically after the first period, the shot total, MSU was winning the shot total by uh, a score of seven to five on goal. And then after that, it kind of settled into it and both, both teams started to kind of find their offenses a little more as the game went on. But yeah, that first period just started off weird, but um, at least the first, at the end of it, that last goal from Lewandowski. Uh, that, that first goal from Lewandowski too. The only goal from Lewandowski <laughs> that game. Uh, that was just, it was just a beautiful snipe from the top of the circles right there to put that one home. Uh, very welcome return to the lineup. So um, yeah, I, I, all in all, good quality win. You know, it's a trademark Danton Cole style game of what was technically a one nothing game minus the Hail Mary from Gallagher. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of actually disagree with you a little bit because that first period not necessarily was weird in my opinion. I actually thought it was a dominant dis- the display of uh, fast, not necessarily fast-paced, but attack-minded hockey with Michigan State because it just seemed like they were toying with the Ferris State in their own zone. They came, they came in, I want to say, with nine or ten different looks in terms of who came in, whether it was a fa- whether it was on the break, a four-on-two, a three-on-three, or if it was just, you know, getting getting forward off of a dump and change by Ferris. But it just seemed like Michigan State was toying with Ferris State during that entire first period. And Ferris didn't do them any favors because they turned the puck over a lot in the neutral zone. And the neutral zone was something I harped on a lot last week was, you know, whoever controls the neutral zone will most likely win one or two of these games. So that happened. The second period flipped the script. Michigan State committed a lot of turnovers in the neutral zone. Ferris jumped on them a couple of times. And a couple of uh, weird puck bounces almost resorted into some own goals um, for Michigan State, which was kind of weird. Both goalies on the western end of Mun Ice Arena just did not want to play the puck, and it almost resulted in a few bad give- uh, some bad giveaways and a few bad goals. But lastly, my last point would be Lewandowski – what a shot. Um, what a rip. N- nothing else that I can say other than that. I wanted him to shoot the puck more than he did in game one, but he didn't. But he ended up, I mean, I think he maybe took one, maybe two or three shots. He had a few good opportunities to in the second and first, the first and second periods to put a few more pucks on net. But the the one that he wanted, he made it count, and it was a beautiful snipe just inside the blue line right at the top of the circles as Jacob knew and he picked his he picked his spot and went uh went top shelf where mom always loves to keep the cookie jar. How do you know mama keeps the cookies up there, Cam? Because you know you can't reach it when you're too young. You got it she's gotta put it all the way at the top. You can't mm. get the ladder too because you don't know where the ladder is. You don't know if it's in the coat closet or if it's in storage or if it's in the garage. So Mama knows where to put that. It's right next to the. It's right above the sugar jar because they remember. Moms still need their sugar for the coffee, so that's my digression. Game two, though, I would say completely different story, but it was still a Michigan State win in the end of things. It was a, a game that I wish all of us went to. I wish we went to Big Rapids to cover that game, but unfortunately, we were not able to. Ferris State did jump out to a three-zero lead before the halfway point in the game. But then MSU, like they always do, come back from 3-0 down. No, they don't. But uh, Michigan State did come back from 3-0. And Jacob, you found a stat. You did some digging, and I greatly appreciate it. What'd you find? Um, Yeah, so I went digging deep into the archives last night in a uh, caffeine-fueled 
session. That's uh, why you were up there. I was like, what are you doing up this late? Uh, caffeine and boredom is a weird combination. I'll yeah, what that. time was that text message? At like two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I was still up. I was finishing it's, a paper. So it was... Time, yeah. Exactly. Right. So I went I went digging deep in the, into the archives, though, trying to find when was the last time Michigan State came back from a 3-0 deficit to win the game. Uh, and the correct answer is March 13th, 2004. Coincidentally, also against Ferris State, uh, this one was at, at Mun though. So, uh, just fun little trivia for you. But it was shows you does not happen often. You know what's funny is if I do quick math in my head, I was three and a half when I moved to Texas. I actually might have been moving across country during that time. That'd be an odd coincidence. Mm. I think just this a, would, just thought I put that little nugget out there. I think this would pin me living currently in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the point this. Arkansas, no way. Yes. Yeah, where were you, Ryan? I, uh, I was either in New York, in Texas, or somewhere in between. Definitely in Farmington's Michigan, playing with my Pokemon cards and or Legos, so not too interesting for me. <laughs> Pokemon cards at four? Yeah, it was definitely Legos. Definitely Legos. Definitely I, Legos. I, I had like the, the first gen cards that came out in like the 90s when I was super Oh, this, young this guy. I, I, love, this I was guy. the first gen Pokemon gamer, even though I wasn't born early 90s. I was... Hey, I'm I'm still a '90s baby. I'm '99 though, right, guys? Yeah. Um, Wait, you're a '99? Yeah, I'm a '99. Oh jeez. All right, we're two for two on getting off track. That's my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, game two though. Like I said, Michigan State came back from 3-0. They do eventually win the game, four to three. Nadler got the first one on the power play, and then after that, it was just all MSU and the comeback efforts. Both Cole Krieger and Dennis Zizana get their second on the season. They tie it at three-three with two minutes, 52 seconds remaining. And then Eric Menendorf just said, screw it. We're not going to overtime. It's 3-3. I'm ending it with 20 seconds left. Puts the dagger into the Bulldogs, and Michigan, State's, Michigan State wins in regulation 4-3. Shots were 34-33 in favor of MSU. It was a little a bit of a power play fest. MSU went one for five. Florida State. Florida State. I see FSU, and I just think Florida State. Ferris State. I am sorry, Bulldogs. Ferris State went two for five on the power play. Next time, I'm going to just talk about Ferris State when I do a little doc for this. Uh, DeRitter actually started game two. Was this his first weekend starting both games? I feel like he's done it in the past, but I can't like name well, a specific. Well, this year. I mean, like this year, I mean, yeah. yeah. I just feel like I think that has happened, but I just can't quite name a specific. No, I thought he started both games against Michigan. No, I think that might have been it. I don't know. I, I, saying, I feel like we should have researched before. this before. I should have remembered that. this question before. I just threw it on you guys. <laughs> but okay, first, well, I don't know. He did. He did good though. That's that's yes. the point. He did good in both games and earned Michigan State the sweep. The first time Michigan State swept a home and home series since November sixteenth, two thousand nine. That was against Michigan way back then. Some more superlatives for you because I just felt like writing them down. Uh, last time MSU had two sweeps in one season was the 2018-2019 season. And last time Michigan State had two non-conference sweeps was the year before in 2017-2018. So been a while since they've done a couple of those things. And, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a great weekend for Michigan State hockey. And what do you guys want to talk about game two? I mean, of course, you know, it's the comeback of it all. I mean, that it just it shows a good competitive spirit in the team and the ability to not give up and be able to put together just something as rare as a three nothing comeback, like we said for the first time in what this looks like, eighteen, seventeen years. So, I mean, when you're able to do that, obviously it's great verbal morale for the team going forward and just miracle for the offense, just, just to know that you can even do that. So Yeah, I mean 
to me, what I've kind of seen out of this Michigan State team is the rapid scoring ability. Take a look at when these goals were scored. Now, mind you, before I before I jump into that, Nadler's goal with less than two minutes on the clock in the second period is an absolute must-have goal. Yep. Oh, so yeah. that that's the changing complexions of games going into an intermission is something that the Spartans didn't do a lot last year. Not that getting that much-needed goal or not getting that much-needed save. You score a goal with the final in the final two minutes of a period, that's a big goal. Doesn't matter if it's the first, the second, and sometimes in the third, it's usually a big goal. But it's that's something that really kickstarted Michigan State into that third period. And then you take a look, three goals in just over six minutes, if I can do quick math correctly. And if you and defensemen having a, a lot of help in those goals is something else that uh, Dan Cole had mentioned is, you know, you want to get those fourth guys, those fourth and fifth guys, which are usually defensemen and on the rush and in on the score sheet. So good for them. But again, Michigan state has the rapid scoring ability that they've shown in the past. I want to say four or five games. Now, I think it's been since the second game against Ohio state, but I know for sure the two goals they scored against Michigan um, in game one, and then the two, I think they scored as well in the return fixture. And then the same thing f- uh, Thursday night and Saturday night. So that's all I have to say. So, yeah, great weekend for Michigan State. They moved to 6-5-1 and one overall. I was hoping that they would get some votes in the, the top 20, but they only got one. Obviously, I don't think they would have been ranked off of that weekend series but hey it would have been cool would have been cool we'll see they have a chance to as they welcome in the wisconsin badgers who are not looking good this year after losing a lot of players we'll we'll talk about that in a second but wisconsin right now sitting at four eight and zero overall they're tied for fourth in big 10 because they've gotten some big 10 wins with a two and four and zero overall record in the big 10 but overall they are not looking good they did have some hard competition to start the season though but this last weekend for the Badgers, they went and got smacked by number 14, Notre Dame, 5-1, to and then 3-0. Uh, last season, though, Wisconsin did have the better of Michigan State. They went 4-0 against MSU, outscoring them. I hesitate to say this because it's, uh, it's kind of bleak, but outscoring them 16-2 in all those four contests. So, hey, it's safe to say it's a brand new season. It's going to look a lot different in these two games and then the next time they face them later on in the season. Something that we talked about all the time is Wisconsin's not looking good this year. And we said, like, they still got talent, but they're just not doing good. I kind of looked at the roster. They don't have that talent anymore. We, we've we said that as an excuse, but they lost their number one goal scorer, Cole Caulfield. Obviously, NHL caliber player. He's not playing in the NHL currently, but he will be. Uh, Linus Wiesbach, who he might be an AHLer, but he was their second leading scorer. He's obviously an integral part of the team. Ty Pelton Bice, who was fourth in scoring on their team, and then Dylan Holloway, who could be an NHLer. He was third scoring on the team. They lost their top four leading scores. The the one remaining top five score that came back was Roman Akan. And he was he had 22 points last season. The guy above him, Ty Pelton Bice, had 31. So they lost a lot, and it's showing with a 4-8-0 overall record. And um, so yeah, that's it's it's a different Wisconsin to say the least. Wisconsin also has the second worst power or penalty kill in the nation 
at 61.8%. 61.8% they kill off penalties. That's, that is not good. I'm surprised it's second in the nation, but that is not good. And then they also have the seventh worst power play at a solid four out of 40, 10%. So Wisconsin looking like a completely different team. Hopefully MSU can take advantage. And what do you guys have on this weekend series? I just think it's funny that you said that. Who would have thought that at just tell us at this point one year ago today that the Wisconsin Badgers would have a bottom 10 power play in the entire country? Yeah. Uh, and then their power play was looking a lot more like MSU's last year that I probably wouldn't believe you just for how like up tempo and how, yeah, just how just lethal that Wisconsin team was on offense. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I know recently we've kind of been saying on previous pods that like I just never knew quite what to make of Wisconsin this year. Uh, I think I know what to make of them now. They're just not good. Uh, that's that's kind of it. That's the that's the blunt way of putting it. They, oh, they that's so mean. Oh my it, gosh. It's blunt, <laughs> it's, but it's honest. It's 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 true. Like I yeah. mean, they are they they can't keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, they've only put up. They've only had. Less than two goals scored on them twice all season. And those are both against Army. But, and then even then, lately, they're not even being able to score at all. Like, they've only only have two goals in the last three games. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, when I was, the thing that was giving me pause about them at first was, first, the reputation off of last year. But then, two of their wins, or so they have four wins on the year. They have, they swept Army. Congrats. Uh, but then their other two wins <laughs> the backhand compliment he's, oh, he's going out for throats right now oh. I, I'm just saying though but then it's but then their other two wins are Michigan and Minnesota so good wins those are very good wins yeah and so that's why I just don't know what it is because you know you look at those kinds of wins and think oh they'll be able to put it together like it's just a matter of when but like now the question is more just can they put it together at all yeah, I mean it. There, it's just you don't know exactly what to make of any Big Ten team. I mean, until you get to the past the winter break, most of the time is usually when teams start separating themselves from the pack. That's when the leaders start getting a lot more wins than a lot of other teams do. But to me, just with Wisconsin, like as you said, you sweep Army. Congrats, cool. I mean, Army's a decent team, but. Then you take you split Michigan, you split Minnesota. That's where things start to get very convoluted with this team. Because as you said, they lost a lot of firepower. They haven't been able to score goals, but yet they've beaten teams that have proven to be able to score goals, which is just kind of mind-boggling in itself. Um, they still do have Roman Ashan, Roman who was on that first power play unit last year. He stays on there. And somehow, some way, shape, or form, they still have five forwards on their first power play unit. They they do they're doing it again. I'm pretty sure oh that's that's what I heard from uh, <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Lewandowski yesterday. Was they they still have five players that are forwards on their first power play unit. But yeah. as as you guys said, if you if you would have told me that Wisconsin and Michigan State would essentially flip their power play percentages, I would never have no. believed you. <laughs> in in one year's time, because that that's that stat is as eye-opening as ever as to where this Wisconsin team is at. Because, I mean, if this was last year and Wisconsin comes in with the seventh-worst power play and the second-worst penalty kill, we would all be saying, yeah, it'd be it'd be easy for them to increase those stats against Michigan State just because of how 
pitiful the power play was for Michigan State, but it's just this is a completely different Wisconsin team that a lot of questions are being asked about right now. Yeah, and to put into perspective the power play differential, last year Wisconsin had the best power play in the nation at 31.6. That's now 10%. And Michigan State, who had either middle of 6 point something or 7. 6.7. 6.7. 6. 6.7. Now they have a 23.5. So, like, yeah, if you if you time traveled and went back a year and told us, hey, these are completely good to flip-flop, no, I am not believing you, even if you did show up in a time machine. No, that, that would not convince me. But um, that's it for the Wisconsin preview. We do have some Blake wins if, though. Jacob Stenson, MSU will win a couple games if they do what? Um, I say if they uh, win the third period, most specifically. Um, Michigan State has been surprisingly good down the stretch of games uh, in the third period. Uh, I mean, obviously we saw that in that second game again, or well, in both games really against Ferris. Uh, I mean, they scored the only goal in the, in the, in the third period. Obviously they completed the comeback in the third period. Um, but another stat for you here about it, uh, Michigan State is outscoring teams fourteen to eight in the third period of the score, or in this game, this season so far. I mean, well, like on an average, fourteen shots to opponents, eight shots. No, no like goals. total, like Michigan oh, State goals. has scored fourteen okay. goals oh. in the third in the third <clears throat> period this year. Other teams have only scored eight. That's a really pleasant stat. So that means that they are closing out games and doing it well. And I think if they just continue to do that and really kind of yeah take it to Wisconsin really play like get that puck in the net down the stretch then a great shot of winning these games yeah and that's something that they haven't done in they, they did two years ago but last year that part of the team was not there the ability to close out games to come from one goal down make it a tie game and hey come from three down and win the game that you would have never thought that would have happened if the Spartans last season but Cameron MSU will win if they do what score three there you go. I mean, Wisconsin can't score goals. Michigan State has proven that they can score goals and that they can also defend really well against very good teams. So, yeah, if you score three, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, Michigan State is, I want to say, yes, they are undefeated when uh, scoring three or more goals. They are 1-0 at three and then 2-0 and when scoring four or more. So, yeah, score three goals against a team that has yet to prove that they can actually score. It'll be in good shape. That'll be a good recipe for success there. For me, I think Michigan State will win if they just simply score first. Wisconsin right now, we've talked about their offensive woes. They are 1-6 when letting the, the opponent score first. I think it's plain and simple. MSU, get out to the lead early, and then just play your game from there. Score a couple goals. We'll see what happens. Jacob, Wisconsin will pull some dubs if they do what? Um, so there's a lot, there's a couple things that have to go right, really, for Wisconsin. Obviously, the very generic angle you could take is about their offense, right? We, that's kind of what we've been talking about so far, you know, and obviously for good reason. They've only scored two goals in the last three games. But the key here that we haven't talked about as much, they need to keep the puck out of their own net. I, they need to not allow, or they need to allow either two goals or less. Uh, because in si they've allowed at least three in six of their last seven games, uh, and out of those six games, they've only won one of them. So that that's kind of the thing right there. They cannot keep the puck out of their own net, and that's my that's the thing that I think is where we haven't talked about thus far yet. Um, so that's going to be I think the big key first is keeping the puck out of their own net, and then you know dragging into the you know the standard slugfest one nothing type game that Michigan State normally likes to play anyway. So. There's a chance there, but 
Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that you could say um, about how Wisconsin wins this game. But to me, it's just going to be about if they can win the special teams battle. That's something that Michigan State has, you know, been decided on or their games have been decided on all year. If we take a look, Ferris State scored three goals on special teams on Saturday night, including a shorthanded goal, which they are pretty, pretty good at doing this year. But for me, Michigan State, when allowing a power play goal, they're two and four. Um, and when Michigan State scores a power play goal, they're four, one and one. So it's going to have to be, yeah, your pretty bad ranked penalty kill is going to need to make some stops. Mm. Your pretty bad ranked power play is going to need to score some goals. Um, so that's going to be the recipe for success for Wisconsin if they want to have any sort of chance of being in these games. And I'm going to basically say the same exact thing as you said, but just with a little bit more emphasis on they have to win the penalty kill and the power play. If they're like at on par at the power play kill at Michigan State, that I don't think that's going to cut it. They have to win both sides of the special teams for a chance to pull a couple games against MSU. So that wraps up the blank wins. If going into a little bit of a schedule update. Obviously, the next games for Michigan State will be this upcoming weekend, November 19th on Friday at 7 p.m. is the first game, and then the following day, November 20th, Saturday against Wisconsin, both games here at Munn Ice Arena. After that, after this, though, uh, Michigan State hockey takes a week off and then starts up their December slate at Penn State. So, ladies and gentlemen, we, we got to this moment a little bit quick here, the pickups. Da, 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 da. And I still still want some music. I never do it. We got some updated standings, though. Not updated for me, sadly, but for Jacob and Cam, some movement. Not in the actual placement of where they are, but their points in general. Cam and Jacob both got two points for predicting the Michigan sweep over Penn State. None of us got any points for OSU splitting. Uh, none of us got points for Notre Dame sweeping Wisconsin, which could have been seen, but we saw Wisconsin, you know, being able to pull one against Minnesota, Michigan. We are both hesitant. We are all hesitant on that. And then Jacob, the lone man to get two points predicting the MSU sweep. I am. I will happily give you those points right now. And after that update, Jacob, now with 23, Cam with 20. And uh, I laid a big old goose egg this week, and I still got 14. So uh, I let's say I need some luck in the picks this week. And let's just jump right into it. Penn State traveling to number seven, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Jacob, who you got? I got a split here. Um, I don't, I, I gotta be honest, I do not like Minnesota. I am not sold on them as a team, really, at all. I mean, they've split their last two series, both against Ohio State and Wisconsin, who are pretty average to below average teams in the Big Ten. Uh, I would consider Penn State on a pretty similar level to Ohio State right now. Um, so, for that, really, I just, I don't like Minnesota. They they seem to be dropping a lot of games they should be winning, I think. So I don't see why I should pick them for now. So I'm going to take just take a split here. You see, I like that argument, but I just take a look at Penn State's Big Ten record. And yep. they're 0-4. They're, they're they have yet to win one. I still don't think Ooh. that they get one against Minnesota because this is at Minnesota. It's at the Olympic sheet. So... If it was at Pagula, I would say that, you know, they could pull at least one out. Um, who knows? Maybe Penn State will be the road warriors that North uh, Notre Dame were last year. But 
Uh, I don't see that happening, at least not this weekend. So for that, I have a Minnesota sweep. Row the boat. Row the boat. Uh, PJ Fox saying, but hey. I think ex- I think I misspoke sense. when I said that originally. Uh, so I think I said Penn State was about on the same level as. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, let's just address this real I meant quick. Yep. I meant Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's why I, I think I said. Hmm. No, and no, even even me. then, one team has three wins. The other team doesn't. <laughs> like I'm, True, I'm sorry, but... in the Big Ten. Yep. And I'm gonna go short and simple. Minnesota. I have faith in them, and it's at Minnesota. Penn State looking bad. Give me the Gophers. Next series on the slate, number 14, Notre Dame traveling to Yost Ice Arena, taking on the number one team of the nation, Michigan Wolverines. Jacob Stenson, who you picking? Uh, I got Michigan sweep. Um, this is probably the most confident pick I have this week, mainly because Michigan is rolling right now. They have won four in a row. Each of those two series, they've combined to score at least 10 goals. They scored 10 against Michigan State. In total, and then uh, last weekend against Penn State, they scored 11. Jeez, uh, they are rolling. Cool. Yes. Wolverines are rolling, so uh, no reason to pick anybody else other than the Maize and Blue for this one. Wolverines? Ooh. Roll, they, okay. Keep it okay. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was bad. Yeah, I've <laughs> no, got, I don't have, I, like that. I don't have Michigan. I actually have MCH because I can't spell, but yes, I am taking the University of Michigan Wolverines. Um, at least one of these games will be close because Notre Dame just loves to play up to competition and play down to competition. So I really have nothing to make of that team. But yeah, it, at least one game will be close ish i still think michigan does get that 10 goal plateau somehow some way shape or form so yeah give me uh michigan in a sweep i am also going the wolverines in a sweep but i think it's going to be a very close i think first game or one game michigan state will blow them out but i think it's going to be a close second game notre dame last week absolutely demolished wisconsin 5-1 and 3-0 so eight to one goals on the weekend they're coming in off a high I think they're a team that could, like Cam said, they play to other teams' level, and they could definitely steal a game. But all with that all said, I'm still going with the Michigan sweep just because I think they have the clear advantage. So give me the two points, Michigan. Hopefully it works out. Next game on the slate, number four, some uh, some non-Big Ten conference action. Thought I'd put it in because it's a top six matchup. But number four, Minnesota Duluth traveling to North Dakota. Number six, taking them on. Jacob, who you got? I got a split here. I don't really know how to make of this team. Or well, let me phrase that. These are both very good teams. I know exactly what to make of them. They both teams are very, very good. Minnesota Duluth has not allowed a goal in their past three games. So Ooh. that's that. Let that tell you what it does. And then North, uh, North Dakota, for example, has also scored at least three in their in their past four. Um, and so, but both teams on the season are absolutely rolling. There's a reason they're both ranked in the top six. So. I think they're both going to get one on each other here. I, they're both very good. I it kind of gives me that the you know what is it immovable object versus unstoppable force kind of just vibes here. I guess so. I'm gonna take a split here. I like that. I like that saying a lot. But just because you made it, <laughs> I'm gonna piggyback off of it. I don't really have anything else much to say about this matchup other than these are two powerhouse programs that are just going to duke it out. So for me, just go for the split, hope for the best, get some points just in case Jacob does, you know, beat me 
a lot more on this on the uh, pickums heading into next week. So safety points. I'm I'm sorry. I this was not planned. I am literally switching mine. I don't know if you could hear my fingers typing. Here, let me make it a little bit louder. There we go. I'm switching my pick right on the fly. I remember North Dakota. They lost that one game against Penn State. And Minnesota Duluth, what, hasn't let an opponent score in the last three games? Yes, those were, uh, that includes uh, a 3-0 win against Western Michigan, a 5-0 win against Colorado College, and then a 0-0 tie with a shootout win against Colorado College. Okay, well, that's an interesting one, but you know what, I'm still going to stick to my pick. I need some points, so I need to do something radical. Give me number four, Minnesota Duluth on the sweep. Next game on the slate, I also might want to change my answer for this one. But uh, number two, St. Cloud State traveling to Kalamazoo, taking on number 13, Western Michigan Broncos. Who you got, Stency? Uh, I've got St. Cloud State here. Uh, I mean, they're the number two team in the country. They are very good. Uh, And Western Michigan started off the year hot, but they have cooled down a lot. They've lost their last three in a row. Um, and they haven't been like particularly close. They've let up a lot of goal. They've let up three, five, and five in the last three games. So um, they, the uh, the Broncos are kind of coming back down to earth. St. Cloud State still very good. Um, I like them this week. Yeah, as you said, you know maybe Western Michigan is coming back down to earth, but they're they're still a sneaky good team this year. And for mm-hmm. that reason, I'm actually picking a split. Um, I I like St. Cloud State. I really do, but I just don't think that going into somebody else's barn, especially another ranked team and a ranked team that's looking to make waves early on in the season, I don't think that's... It's a it's a very large task to ask of a team that does have championship pedigree. So if they do pull out the, the sweep, good for you, Jacob, for correctly predicting it. But I, I, I see a safer bet in going with Western Michigan at least taking one game at home. So I've got a split. So... I was going to go out on a whim, and you guys were probably thinking I was absolutely crazy. I at first had Western Michigan for the sweep just because I think they're they're a sneaky good team. They're playing at home, and they could upset. But then I looked at their schedule. They lost the last two games against Denver, and then they lost, I think, another one against Minnesota Duluth. Those are the last three results. I just I, I do need points, but I couldn't confidently put Western Michigan in as a sweep to get those points. So I'm changing it to a split. I think Western Michigan, sneaky good team. They're playing at home. They'll steal one against St. Cloud State. And hopefully, hey, I get a point on the board because I desperately need them at this point. And the last series to talk about, you already know what it is. The headliner matchup, Wisconsin travels to East Lansing and takes on the Spartans' Jacob Stinson. Who you got? Not sure I would call it the headliner, <laughs> so to say, when we have three ranked matchups going on in these pickums right now. Yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, uh, I got the Spartans here. Um, it I got a sweep for for Michigan State here. Um, I when I was looking at this team, I kind of you know doing the research on them. I'm thinking, so first Spartans coming off of the sweep, so they're riding that momentum into this weekend, right? But then I'm looking at Wisconsin. I'm thinking, what reason do I have? to pick this team what does this team do well that that makes them win games they're not good on the power play they're not good on the penalty kill um i mean it just they're not scoring goals they're they're not stopping par for them too they're not stopping goals like what reason do i have to confidently say that the wisconsin badgers will win a game in the series and i don't have anything so i got the spartans this week 
that's good intel right there. I would, shoot, I might change three pay. No, I'm not. Okay, Cam, go ahead. Yeah, this is the <laughs> battle for the near bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. That's a lot of bees. That's a that's an alliteration for make the trophy all English or for the English majors out there. Um, yeah, I just. I have yet to pick a sweep for Michigan State, and I am not about to start doing that now just because I'm I'm going to let, you know, I will let everything burn around me before I correctly predict a sweep for this team um, just out of sheer pride. So, yeah, I've got a split. I believe that Wisconsin finds a little bit of that magic that they did last year at Mon Ice Arena because do remember, gentlemen, that they did win a Big Ten regular season title at Mon Ice Arena last last year um, in that final game. That was a kind of a blowout. Um, but I do think that Michigan State ha- does ride the home momentum or the home fans and the momentum in at least one game and does pull out at least one. I think some silly mistakes may cost them against a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. Some giveaways, some turnovers may come back and bite them. So I've got a split. That's my long-winded answer. I also have a split. These two games are going to be very close, and I think both very low scoring. I like what you said, Jacob. There's Wisconsin. When you look at them, they don't give you any reason to really pick them. But like what Cam said, I think that they just somehow find a way to take one game. I would love for Michigan State to pull a sweep here. It is definitely an option, and that I think at that point, they'll probably be ranked maybe 20th. That would be cool. But... For this series, I just I I can't shake what Wisconsin completely looked like last year and just go like, nope, Michigan State's gonna blow the doors off them. I think they find something and manage to take a game from Michigan State this weekend. So that wraps up our pickums. I always say this, but hopefully I'm a little bit closer to you guys after after these games are played out. Cause being down 14 to 23 against Jacob is uh not not looking too good right now, but I we'll also see. would like to throw out. Um, mm-hmm. I am almost positive that I have correctly predicted both of Michigan State sweeps this year. Yes, probably. Yes, you I, did. I think it was Miami and then Ferris. And did you pick sweep for any other series? I probably can't not. I don't think so. No. No. That uh, wow. So. Oh, so I, wait, I got to change my dog. No, 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 we're not doing that. It's <laughs> yeah, set in stone. I, I know. Both times, I'm pretty <laughs> I sure. You. I, I think both oh. times, too, when I predicted the MSU sweep, both of you guys said either. You said yeah, split. Yeah, you guys sure. at least both said split. Um, But, yeah, so I'm just saying. History just like, might repeat just itself. Like to throw that out I there. hope it doesn't. I need points. <laughs> yeah, I really hope it doesn't. I look forward to um, expanding my lead even further. No. The please, evil empire. No. Yes. Dum, dum, dum. Anyways, that's going to wrap it up for the Pick'em segment. A uh, little bit of an outro. We got no broadcast on the Impact 89 FM side of things for you. Uh, football is taking the Comrex over to the Buckeyes house, and that's going to be that's gonna be an interesting game. Number 7, Michigan State, going to number 3, Ohio State. Hopefully, it's not a blowout. I think it's going to be a sneaky close game. It'll there. be a good game. It'll, oh, yeah. That'll be a good game for sure. Wisconsin, or, I mean, Ohio State can't really stop the run that well. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Kenneth Walker. Yep. Yeah, but then you also Kenneth have. Walker. Do you guys know Kenneth Walker? I don't. I don't. You know Kenneth Walker. We all know Who's Kenneth that? Walker. Oh, oh, 
yeah, getting, getting, getting but if, if I will say something, then there's also, you know, maybe Ohio State doesn't stop the run, but then again, who stops Ohio State? Yeah. Is, is the they big problem. But that that's as much football knowledge as I'm, I'm we will probably put on a, this pod. I'm kind of <laughs> expecting somewhat of a shootout here. but Yeah, they literally, Ohio State has the best yards per game, and Michigan State's defense is oh, trust not me, I watched I watched what they did to Purdue uh, last week. It wasn't pretty. Oh. Yikes! But hey, just just to wrap up the the football talk here, Michigan State traveled to number I think it was two Ohio State in 2015. Number it was three, three. No, no, no. Yeah, I okay. thought you were you're alluding to something else. They traveled to number two Ohio State without Connor Cook. They started their backup quarterback and won off a last second field goal when nobody thought they had a chance. Also, there was another game in like '98. Ohio State was number one and Michigan State won as well. So hey, anything could happen. It's sports. It is sports. Just same. And uh, that's going to wrap it up thank from you, us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the football. <laughs> yes, uh, to... we are with a pylon. Oh, wait, that's the... No, no. No, no what's the... Um, is, mm. What is the Green football? and white report? Is that just... I thought there was I like a set football podcast here. Is there a set college... Fo- I think somebody tried to get one started, but it didn't. That's a shame, because college football... And we are now four for four <laughs> on going off on tangents. Yeah. Let's go. We're start- you know what? We're starting the college football podcast right here. Nobody on Behind the Mask. Let's go. On, yep. on, on, on Behind, behind the, mask. the Mask. Thank it's you. Behind the Mask and college football. It was football. Behind the Face Mask now. Yeah. There- <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Okay. I like this. We got 40 more... No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, back on track. Um, no impact broadcast, so we won't be live covering the game but Matt and I, Matt Merrifield, and I will be writing for the game and live tweeting for the game on Friday. And Cam going on a little bit of a solo mission Saturday. Good luck out there, soldier. I know you could do it. So uh, follow us on all our Twitters and socials and whatever the hex. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for episode eight, season 10, Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosevich, joined alongside by Jacob Simpson, Cameron McLaren. We are waving goodbye to you. Actually, none of us really are, but I did one little wave. So there you go. And I'm just going to stop talking and end this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace out.